what you need to know when choosing a browser, and why you should care. This is Mac Voices. Today's Mac Voices is supported by Mac Voices After Dark. Uncensored, off-topic, and always off the wall. Mac Voices After Dark is available as a benefit to our Patreon subscribers. Sign up at patreon.com slash macvoices. Welcome to Mac Voices. This is the talk of the Apple community, and I'm Chuck Joyner. Folks, it's Tuesday night, 8 p.m. Eastern, 5 p.m. Pacific. That must mean this is Mac Voices Live on YouTube at youtube.com slash TV. We have a bunch of our friends already in the chat room. Hopefully, we'll have more joining us. We'd love to have you there, too. So if you are within the sound of my voice, which would be kind of strange if you're not in the chat room, but if you are, come on in the chat room. And if you're hearing this after the fact, just mark it on your calendars because we do this every Tuesday night at the designated time. We'd love to have you join us. Interesting panel tonight, some interesting topics uh, and things. Uh, some of them I would anticipate going only just a couple minutes, and which probably means they will go more like 40 or 50. That's just the way that seems to work around here. But we'll still get through a bunch of them. So let's go around the uh, the horn and see who all's here, and then we'll get to it. Um, first up, uh, as always, Mr. David Ginsburg is in the top left of my screen. David, good to have you. Good to be here, Chuck. Hi, thanks for having me. Uh, it's going to be another great week to look forward to with my Mac Voices and talking among with our friends. And uh, I know, should we have some interesting conversations? I like the topics this, this uh, tonight. Yeah, yeah, a lot of uh, a lot of kind of little things, but I think important things to talk about. Yeah, Brian Flanagan Arthur's is here as well. Brian, good to have you back as always. Thank you. So good to be here. Yeah, yeah, I, I understand you got a little more done today, had a little extra time, so we're expecting great things out of you. <laughs> All right, thank you. I hope I can meet those expectations. <laughs> <laughs> no pressure, no pressure. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> Jim Ray has joined us as well. There's always pressure on Jim. That's who? That's, I'm a well, laid-back just, Californian. Oh, is, is that is that it? Okay. All right. Yes. <laughs> Okay, then there's no pressure on Jim, and apparently we can't apply any. Can I apply any to Mr. Jeff Gamut? I'm not sure. Jeff, how are you? No, well, first, I'm fine. Um, no, you can't apply any, any pressure to me because you had one expectation. It has been met, and I'm good for the rest of the night after that. <laughs> okay, that's a fair point. That's a fair point. I like it. Um, I'm not, yes, I guess, I'm not sure if he's getting paid for his background tonight or not, but if he is, hey, good for him. Mark Fuccio is here. Mark, good to see you. Hello, Chuck. Hello, panel. Hello, listeners. Uh, no, I guess the story for this is didn't have any creative thoughts uh, for tonight's topics because they're all over the map. Uh, but I got a delivery of a new Epson printer uh, to replace uh, one that wasn't working so well. So uh, I have a new toy here to install later tonight or tomorrow. Good. Okay. Well, that's good. That's good. That may set a trend. You know, we should all maybe post backgrounds of what our latest toys are. Okay, maybe. Not. Okay. Okay. <laughs> I'm in. Okay. Now I'm getting paid for my background. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> good point, Jim. Good. Good. Last but absolutely not least, with yet another growing thing behind him, is Mr. Eric Bolden. Eric, good to have you. 
it's good to be here. You know, I really need to kind of practice this background. I didn't realize that the camera just keeps readjusting things to put me in the middle of it, right over the top. <laughs> it, it's a weeping peach, but you can't actually see it because it lines me up right smack dab in front of it. So I guess that's like crying. It wants attention. It, it's a weeping peach. Is that is that a particular kind of peach that you can eat, or is it just a plant? And you, yeah, you can eat. It's it's ornamental, but it actually produces peaches that you can eat, and they're good peaches too. Unfortunately, most of the flowers froze off, so I might get two peaches this year. But it still looks good. Okay. Well, uh, hey, we all learned something tonight. That next time you eat a peach, it may be in a weeping peach. <laughs> and we're going to leave that there. Okay. Um, so let's get started tonight with a contradictory set of stories. Um, I'm going to throw, oh, shoot, that's not the one I wanted. Um, I'm going to throw two links in our private chat mm -hmm. and then and, and then ask everyone to figure out what the heck is going on. Um, this is one. 9to5Mac says Safari is the second most used web browser behind Chrome. But then Cult of Mac says Safari browser passes Microsoft Edge in popularity. Um, so I yet there were those are other saying stories. the same. The, those yeah, are they're saying I, the same thing. Those are saying the same thing. But there are other stories out there that saying Edge is now in second place. And I, you know, I don't, I don't know quite what to make of this. And I mean, in some ways, I'm, I'm I wouldn't be hugely surprised if Edge is up there, uh, given all the recent publicity about Microsoft and AI in Bing. And as I understand it, it's built into Edge. So is, I mean, is this even important? Does anybody care? You should care because, uh, because um, two of the companies that have browsers that are in the top three, uh, meaning Chrome and Edge, are companies that have a history of trying to use their browser as a tool to weaponize control and uh, and to become the de facto standard. Re remember back in the day when uh, Microsoft put all the special bells and whistles into Explorer, and so uh, and so people would code their websites specifically for um, Microsoft Explorer. And uh, and it would and their and websites would break in other browsers. Mm -hmm. Wow! So yeah, we should care because because these companies have a track record of not acting in an altruistic manner with features that they add to their products. Well, Jeff, I would think that that's a little bit of maybe you know last war, uh, but your your comment on the character of the company I think is important because I think now they're not going to overtly do stuff to uh, break pages, but rather they're going to rather, you know, figure out how to better spy and track on people. Um, so, uh, you know, if, um, uh, again, it goes back to that old, if, if you're not paying for it, you're the product the company is selling. Um, you know, we know uh, Microsoft seems to be wanting, <laughs> you know, you know, its share of uh, ad revenue. And uh, it's trying to use uh, ChatGPT integrated into Edge as a mechanism to make that happen and try to beat up on Google, which uh, has been shameless in terms of you know, how it 
profiles people. Uh, you know, and probably it's only less shameful than, you know, a company uh, everyone calls Facebook, even though they think their name is Meta. But, uh, you know, they're a little bit confused, I guess. But well, I mean... Uh, but, but anyway, back back to the point about you know, the browsers, I think, you know, having read one of them and then saw the other one, um, part of it is how the data is measured and, and represented. And are they talking about all of Safari or are they talking about Safari on the desktop? Uh, ditto for Edge, uh, what time period? And then there's just the fact that this is collected as a statistical sample that one company has uh, to get uh, information. So it may be a good proxy for the truth, or it may be uh, wildly inaccurate. You know, as, as Jim Ray pointed out in you know, critiquing one of these articles, WTF, the share of Linux desktop browsers went up, you know, in over a couple span of a couple of months, you know, stuff like that really doesn't give a strong confidence that it's a particularly robust, um, you know, sampling method. But it could uh, be also, could also be that you know for such for such small things you know doubling is possible, whereas you know if you're at well, I don't think so. And actually, when you, if you went and looked at the study, it turned out I was wrong because I I was just taking what it said was. Um, you know, the Mac share and the Windows share and, you know, then subtracting that from 100, thinking, well, the rest must be Linux. What else is there? Linux and Unix. But if you go look at the study, they said, you know, Mac was 19%, Windows was 65, and Linux was like 3%, and 13% was other. Well, what the heck is other? There's, you know, what else could that be? So again, you know, what is this, you know, methodology? I, I, I tend to think that these numbers are just garbage. Also, if you're comparing Safari versus Edge, that's kind of a weird comparison because the Safari numbers are, are guaranteed 100% Mac users because Safari doesn't run on anything but a Mac, whereas Edge is probably mostly Windows you know, I guess Edge is available for Mac. I don't know about Linux, but I assume the adoption is um, small on anything other than Windows. I mean, it's not that big even on Windows, but um, so, you know, what does it mean? You know, who cares what the comparison is? There, you know, Mac users are using Safari. Um, well, the data that they have... Um, I'm looking at their chart where it's aggregate for all platforms. So when you're talking about uh, about Safari, you're talking about every device that can run Safari. So Mac, iPad, the, the article said desktop. Yeah, well, um, maybe maybe they should actually go and look at the data um, instead of just saying <laughs> desktop, because uh, because if you if you look at <clears throat> the data where it's uh, combined. For all devices that run that can run that browser, um, yeah, I mean, here you have Chrome. Of course, it's going to be so much uh, going to have a, a much higher penetration because now you have to take into account all of the Android devices that that uh, that are running Chrome, uh, all those smartphones that are out there, and then um, let's see, then where's Edge in this? Oh, okay. Man, when you get to the 
when you get past Safari, it's like everything is just clumped together in the yeah. chart. Yeah, the the yeah. nine to five article doesn't even link to the original. Yeah, how about that? Um, so let's see. Good. I thought it did. Cult of Mac had it. Um, well, here, I'm going to share a link with us to the chart that I'm looking at right now, since I oh. apparently can't share it on YouTube. Well, uh, this stat counter, it says desktop operating system market share. Although this doesn't even say, you know, they're not yes, linking to it, the right, the right okay. thing. So, yeah, where's the one for the scroll down browsers? So scr yeah. scroll down and you'll see all platforms. Mm -hmm. That's that's the one to me that matters. Yeah, but that's operating system market share. Where's the one that says anything about new browser market share by platform? That's that's not by. That's I see operating system market share operating system. Then you're not looking at the right. Uh, well, page. I, I clicked the link in the Cult of Mac article. All right, let me <sighs> click the link that I put in our chat. Yeah, that's the same link. It's in Nine to Five Mac, and you get browser market share worldwide. Right, and I've selected all platforms. Okay. Well, maybe the cult. Cultimac had a different link. Um, oh, Safari. Well, yeah, and these have quite. This shows that Safari is blowing away Edge. Well, sure. Whereas the other because one, yeah, that's probably because it's all flat. But if you go to desktop, then they're very close. Sure. Because now you've taken iPhone and iPad they're, out of the mix. Right. Yeah. This just, I mean, this conversation yeah, just goes the, to show the, you uh, how, how screw the article. Look at, let's look at the actual data. Yeah. But just, you know, how, how data can be manipulated, not just for clickbait headlines, but also to say what somebody wants it to say, you know, without, so without doing full disclosure on desktop versus desktop and mobile versus mobile and, you know, which platforms you're talking about, you can make this say almost anything you want it to say. You know, it's interesting. If you go to Mar mobile, um, you know, again, it's Chrome is really big. Safari is like a little big, you know, but it's almost this, it's almost like desktop, you know, it, it's immaterial. Desktops, you know, they hardly change because desktop usage is almost nothing compared to mobile usage. Yeah. And, w and when you look at the mobile market share chart, my guess is that if we overlaid a uh, market share for smartphone platforms, it would track with this. And so you have Chrome at the top. It, it, it and almost has have, to. And then, yeah. And uh, yeah, so you can see Samsung is a distant third to uh, to Chrome or to Android and mm. iOS just by looking at the mobile browser market share chart. You can edit the chart. Yay! <laughs> um. You know, and I, I, I kind of wonder too about mobile, you know, browser share because like, I don't know about you. I rarely use a browser on mobile devices. I do most I things through apps. Minority. I do things through apps. I don't, I don't, you know, if, there, if, you know, I, 
going to a web browser is like that's last resort you know there's just something i you know absolutely you know if i i read my email in, a, in an app i look at maps in an app i look at rss in an app i look at social media in an app um, i get what you're saying okay so, i'm with you now okay so so let's let's take a little poll because i'm curious about that because i'm using safari on on my phone all the time so how many people use a web browser as a web browser even if you're even if you're accessing something that has an app you know how, how many how many hands do we oh have? yeah 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 why so. it's a terrible experience well i mean it depends on what uh um what i'm using it for for example um uh when i go to facebook i'm not going to put their app on my phone that's hot garbage right there I, I just don't use facebook full stop sure I, but, but you're in the minority for that one um so well but i'll bet most people use the app for facebook i agree most people use the app for facebook um i i would venture that most people are using the twitter app um if they're still on twitter right mm -hmm. um it is, it is it hasn't broken yet yeah, and, I use the Twitter app when I look there. I use a you know Ivory or Ice Cubes um, for Mastodon. You know, I have an RSS reader for that. Um, but but I, I I I'm always going and, and looking up things that that I, don't have an app. Chuck, I'm with you on that. I I just opened yeah. Safari on my iPhone. I currently have 41 tabs open, and yesterday I actually closed a bucket load of tabs and i still have 41 tabs open in mobile safari on my iphone <laughs> i probably have a bunch of tabs because i never almost never close them but i'm i'm still you know my usage of the browser on the desktop is a couple orders of magnitude more than it is on the phone and you know usually if there's something like i really need a browser i'll probably like you know i better go to my desk and you know fire you know because it's you know unless it's just something really simple it's just so painful most you know a lot of apps you know the mobile experience is is just terrible eric brian david uh, you guys jump in here i mean yep. do you do you guys use safari whether you have an app for the the application or the the service or whatever or not or are you looking up things that don't have apps i spend a lot of time in a browser um I might start with an app, like if I'm going someplace, I'll be in a map app, but then I want to find a place to eat and, or see when it closes or whatever, and I click on the website of whatever it is and just open it up so I can get quick information without having to go download an app and then, you know, it, it's just faster. Um, yeah, do that right within Google Maps. And it's got I, a great little interface, you know, even tells you popular you know how busy it's likely to be it's got you know the closing times in fact if you go navigate to it it'll be like that place is closing within an hour are you sure you want to go there well if i'm in if i in mobile safari and i type the business name for search it's searching google and now i've got google maps happening right there right but i just think you know like the interface in safari on the on on uh you know, it's just not as nice in the browser as it is in the app. 
And I'm, look, I'm not suggesting well, that you're doing anything wrong or right, Jim. I, you know, it's more about how how we all are using it. You apparently use it a bit differently than than you know, Eric I mean, and I, I do. I'm not saying I don't use Safari at all, or you know, I'm just saying it's like a last ditch. Like, oh, I there's no other way to do it, and this is something I need to do right now, and it can't wait till I'm uh, at a bigger machine. Yeah. Brian? Looking at from an angle of thing, you know, whatever the right tool is for the job. So so oftentimes if it's an app that I'm or it's a service that I'm looking at on, on a regular basis, I'm using the app on the mobile device. And then, you know, on the desktop, I'm using a web browser. But there are occasions, I think, uh, similar to what Eric mentioned about maybe you're looking at a restaurant, but you want more than just the uh, what's offered on the on the maps, whether it's Apple Maps or Google Maps where you want to go to the actual website of the particular restaurants in those types of cases. I, I do that too. Um, one thing I, that you I, know, was like, I, I mean, oh, I will do that, but you know, if I need the, you know, that information, but you know, restaurant, I think that's a good example where restaurants tend to have non-responsive uh, web pages. And you're like, ah, you know, they're, no, they're no, no, big, no, big well, you're yeah, in Silicon Valley, Mark, so it used, maybe it's it different there. Like really? You found yourself? I mean, I, I mean at, least, at, least, at least you usually don't have find Flash on them anymore. That, those used to be a big <sighs> offender for the restaurant had Flash on the website. And, oh, you know, good times. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah. But, but anyway, I'm, I'm kind of lost. We started out talking about relative browser share. Now we're talking about how we use you know safari or chrome on a on a mobile device instead of a native app you don't seem lost you you're right up to speed with exactly what's happening (laughs) (laughs) and then Um, maybe i'm just bored by this topic well web web is in our chat room he couldn't be with us tonight but he he's raised his hand and he said for example i use my bank app and not the browser hey for a bank absolutely web i I always yeah always use the, the the app because I feel like it's, you know, A, it's usually a better experience because they do do such a great job with the websites. And B, there's a, I would like to think there's a little more security. Um, David, how about you? Yeah, I was going to say, I mean, I, um, between browsers on a mobile device, I'm, I'm, I'm on, on iPhone all the time, Safari. Um, I, I mean, I have all the other browsers installed, but I've found that uh, the Safari just meets my needs. But, you know, I'm all over the place on the desktop platform. I mean, my, on, on my home or personal machines on Mac, I use Firefox. At work, I use Edge. So I'm kind of like, you know, all over the place when it comes to what browser do, do I uh, feel the experience in. But you know what, I, I kind of like that because I want to have that immersible experience between all the browsers, those three browsers. So I have um, I have that understanding how they work. Um, but, you know, it's interesting when looking at some of the stats here, I, as, as I saw you could change it to the bars instead of those <coughs> lines where you couldn't see what the heck what was it. And you you bring down, the, if you narrow down um, uh, the, the browser share in the U.S. For, for mobile devices, then, you know, Safari is pure number one, 52% over Chrome, 41%. So, you know, it's all dependent on what part of the world um, these browsers are being used at. So, you know, the U.S. is obviously that way because a lot of people are using them on their iPhones, uh, obviously. So, uh, interesting to see. But, no, I I, when when it comes to those types of – with all the browsers – 
I like like many of us here. We like we like to see what the experience is between the core. I would use Chrome a lot in the past. I, I probably haven't used Chrome much in the last uh, six to twelve months. I mean, I've used used all the other ones I mentioned. So, uh, Dave, I think you might have misunderstood me. I, I when I use a browser on my mobile device, it's only Safari. I don't have any others installed. Mm -hmm. right. I, I, I guess what I'm what I'm saying is, let's say if you put a packet analyzer you know, on my phone and, you know, how much of the HTTP traffic coming out of that was coming out of a web browser versus out of applications, which are mostly talking to, um, you know, their services with HTTP also, just because you're using an app, you're still basically, you know, using the web, but it's transmitting it in JSON or something. So on my phone, at least, I, I, I'll bet 96% of the traffic would be from apps. From, rather than from a browser, that's what I'm saying. Um, and you know, I could easily go days without firing up a browser, a mobile browser. Um, I can uh, easily go minutes. Yeah, yeah. But but again, th there's no right or wrong here. It's just, I, I think it's it's just interesting to see how we all use things. Jim, to your point, if if I were using, if if I really hit Twitter and Facebook heavily then I'm going to be using those apps. But for so many things that I do with my phone, there's either not an app or the app has not been appealing enough for me to, to use. And I just go ahead and use the web the web browser. And unless they've done a really terrible job of the web page, it's good enough. It's good enough. And we're going to move on because, as I said, when we started, a few minutes article ends up taking a long time. Um, and I should also mention, folks, that you'll find links to all these sh these articles that we're talking about in the show notes when this show goes live um, on the Mac Voices feed. Um, this one is a complete throwaway article, but I just feel like it needs to so be brought up. So you think. Yeah. <laughs> this is from Apple World Today. Um, sales revenue for item, item trackers, such as Apple's AirTags, have increased 82% this year in the U.S., and there's a there was a story I heard the other day on one of the news shows. I did not find a link for it. Um, that I guess it's I believe police in New York are handing out air tags. Mm -hmm. Yes, yeah, I heard that. So five hundred of them. Yeah. So you know, I, I I shake my head at this and say, air tags. One minute they're demonized, the next minute the police are handing them out. I, well, are they handing them out so that it's easier to track people? Or? No, auto theft. Cars. Auto theft. Which oh, Apple says okay. you're not supposed to use it for theft. Right. But, you know, the street's going to find its own uses for things. And, you know, and I mean, hey, I've been traveling some in April, and there was an air tag in every one of my bags. Always. So but I think I, I'm not surprised after the... You know, after all the horrible uh, plane crashes and holiday season last year, I'm not I'm not surprised people are you know, deciding. Okay, if we're going to go traveling again in 2023, got to up, <laughs> you know, update our tech and figure out uh, how to track our bags so we know where it is. You know, I I have to say I absolutely love the whole air air tags for for traveling. Um, because I'm doing something unusual. I'm used to knowing about how many bags I have and I have the same items with me, but when I travel, then I change my behavior. 
And I can put an air tag in, in my camera lens, an air tag in my camera bag, in my, you know, just back general backpack. And, you know, each one of my bags can get a different air tag. It can identify what the bag is. And then each day when I start out, I pick up whatever bags I have, walk out the door, pause a moment, and it says, oh, hey, we're missing this bag, this bag, and this bag, but you have four bags with you, and it's the following. And then all day long, I know I have four bags that should be with me, and if at any point I step outside of a store or outside of a restaurant and the count's not right or it immediately says, oh, hey, you left something behind, I can go right back in, pick up the bag I left under the chair, and it's a much happier experience. It just works. These AirPods Max, it doesn't notice that I've left them behind until like I'm 10 miles away. <laughs> um, and, you know, I meant to leave them behind, but it's like, wait, why are you, why are you waiting till they're 10 miles away to tell me? Eric, did you say you put an AirTag in your camera lens? Yeah, my camera, I've got a, a long lens that has its own bag and I just put it in the bottom part of the bag. Oh, in the bag. Okay. I was envisioning like underneath I, the lens yeah. cover or something. <laughs> well, because I, I don't always carry it with me. So, you know, it's it's one of those things where it's easy as a separate item to, to forget. No, it. that makes for You just said in the lens. And I thought, oh, just stick it, yeah. you know. <laughs> <laughs> um, Barry in the chat room set, points out this, these were being given out to specific neighborhoods. And then Webb jumped in and said the users the user gets the setup. The NYPD does not follow the tracker, which we sort of knew that, I think. Um, but they're giving them a way to stop over 4,000 car thefts. Mm -hmm. So I guess they're alerting thieves that if you're going to steal a car, you better have an iPhone on you to tell you that there's a tracker. Mm -hmm. <laughs> yeah, maybe so. But, you know, on the other hand, I mean, are, you, the thieves aren't maybe that sophisticated. And if they're going to try to steal that vehicle, they are going to have to find the air tag. And if you've buried that air tag somewhere that, you know, instead of just throwing it in the glove compartment, if you've buried it somewhere, <laughs> might not be easy to find. It's they just can like find it faster than the police can catch you. Hey, Jim, if you spent any time watching TV at all, you would know good guys carry iPhones, bad guys carry Android phones. So putting the, the air tag <laughs> in your car totally makes sense. The bad guys aren't going to know it's there. I thought the oh, good guys I mean, used surface would, laptops. Jeff, I wish Google made their own videos. You know, that would be completely reversed in that world. <laughs> yep. Well, first, Google would have to make a tracker. <laughs> Yeah, They'll somebody. <laughs> I just, I mean, I love this because it, look, if if nothing else, it's a deterrent, and you know, we're we're almost back to the thing of, okay, I have an air tag in my car, so if if I, if you're a thief, you probably are going to move on from my car to the car that doesn't have one. Maybe yeah. depending, but aren't there thieves that are like you know designer like you know, go steal one of these, and I'll bet those. But uh, Jeff, to your point about Google making a tracker, are they? Didn't I see something? Maybe they are doing that, and there's some new initiative that Apple and Google are oh. working together uh, uh, on, so that, like, you know, at least so that Android, you know, phones will be able to track, you know, air, air, yeah, air tags okay. or know that they're there. And 
Yes, what um, they're doing. Uh, so Apple and Google have uh, have partnered to create a uh, a standard for alerting you if there is a tracker with you, and so it's going to be a, a an uh, open industry standard. And so they've submitted this, and now all of these companies that are making trackers, um, right? They they Chipotle can weigh in. And yeah, and it's Chipotle, yeah. right? Yes. Yes. So we can track your burrito. Yep. Um, and um, so, so Google doesn't have to actually make a tracker to support right. this because then they can just hook it into Android and whatever tracker someone makes, it, it can alert you that it's there. So Jeff, what network will this run on? Is this going to run on the infrastructure for Apple's find my, I'm assuming It'll run on Bluetooth and just let you know locally that the tracker is near you. Because this isn't about th- oh. this isn't about air, air using an Android to track where where um, an AirTag is. It's to let you know an AirTag or tile or whatever that isn't yours is with you. Okay. All right. And AirTags are already using compatible radios and, you know, I think it's some Bluetooth variation. So, because, yeah, it sounds like they're not going to have to change AirTags. Like existing AirTags will work with this new standard, it sounds like. That's what it sounds like to me, too. Yeah, I knew this. I knew this would happen. I knew this would trigger a discussion. Just... Well, just, actually, I'm glad that came up because I think that's maybe the most important story about what's going on with this part of the market is that that is going to be extended to all phones. Yeah, I mean, let's hope it happens because that uh, whoever said it before, you know, you don't want to use these to track people unless you are intending to use them to track people like, you know, Alzheimer's patients or something like that or someone who has dementia. You know, then that's a perfectly legitimate reason to track a person. But is that why I keep that, finding air tags in my pockets? <laughs> we know where, where are you, you are again? All, every given moment, Jeff. <laughs> yeah, they're all from all your all your new friends that you make every day, right? Yeah, <laughs> I I am right here in this little box. <laughs> Can never escape. Next time on Mac Voices. The panel discusses a new way to get on Mastodon that's a little bit easier, a fake AirPods bust, and what jobs are most being affected by ChatGPT. I'm Chuck Joyner. This is Mac Voices. We'll see you next time. Thanks for watching. Visit MacVoices.com for show notes and to connect with Chuck on social media. Get involved in our Facebook group or like our Facebook page and get more out of your Apple tech with Mac Voices Magazine, free on Flipboard and on the web. And if you find value in it all, consider supporting us through either our Patreon campaign at patreon.com slash macvoices or by making a one-time donation via the PayPal link on our front page and in the show notes of each episode. You will join these fine people who help bring you Mac Voices. Advertising handled by Backbeat Media at backbeatmedia.com. Bandwidth provided by Cashfly at cashfly.com.